Tortilla Cougar, and you are? Oh, and I am Trisket Thunderbird, here, reporting. <laughs> Trisket Thunderbird, can you read me? Roger that. <laughs> Got you loud and clear, loud and clear. Loud and dumb. Uh, I we, we came up with these because it's not our fault. It was on the internet. It's called Quarantine Name. It's the last thing you ate and your high school mascot. Go Thunderbirds. <laughs> Go Triscuits. I was thinking, you know, this is kind of off color, but what about um, like instead of Colt 45, COVID 45? What about Colt 45? <laughs> Ew, I like that too. Tiger Colt 45. No. Cool. <laughs> so if you're listening in the future, right now we got Tiger King is real big, COVID. Of course, everyone's at home. We got COVID, we got But um, it's very serious. The morgues are full in New York, and it's crazy, and people are dying, and it sucks. Um, so right now, everything is uncertain. Yeah. But at home, um, I'm going to take this opportunity to record more episodes and, um, you know, research, bring some... Design facts. Entertain. Entertain the masses. Jeez. We all need entertainment, but just looking toward the positive always because that's how you problem solve. You don't problem solve looking at only the problem, right? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So uh, easy for me to say. I'm lucky. I feel like I'm lucky, right? Yeah, I feel, of course, lucky. I'm scared every day that, you know, Somebody I know is going to say something that they've gotten it or, you know. I mean, yeah. Kind of freaky, but it's the real deal. Like, we're all dealing with it for the first time. So nobody's a pro at dealing with this kind of stuff. So no, it's just really learning a lot. Uh, So I wanted to say thank you in light of what we just talked about. um, I want to say thank you to, of course, the people on the front lines, the nurses, the doctors, the healthcare workers. There's also the grocery store workers and essential employees like Instacart, people delivering, people working in Amazon delivering um, so that we can have stuff that we need, um, people delivering supplies to the hospitals. Our thoughts are with you, and we will encourage, keep encouraging people to donate and keep donating our dollars. Um, there's a ton of resources online. Um, and speaking of donations, I wanted to say thank you to Zachary Jones for his donation to my podcast so I can keep recording. And uh, I really do appreciate that support, and it means that you're liking the show, and that's awesome. He says in his message, I'm not a designer, just a fan of listening to Kurt's story. So he really loved the Kurt Block episode. And in fact, he's friends with Kurt. Um, in fact, so-, so did I. I loved that episode. That was so, <laughs> and Kurt is so great to listen to, too. He has so many stories and he's awesome. He his own podcast and he knows it. I told him that and he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe we have something aside project. Absolutely. So um, also Zachary um, is in a band called the Black Panties. It's an old Seattle band. 
his buddy did the art. He doesn't say who his buddy is, but he says you can hear the songs at blackpantiesband.bandcamp.com. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you anyone who's listening, giving support or advice. Even if you're yelling at me for doing something wrong, I still am figuring things out. So I don't mind. Um, nobody's, uh, nobody's yelling at you. People are yelling in my face. I'm going to kick their ass then. Uh, I also wanted to um, pay a little tribute to my cat that I had for 12 years, Puddles, who I've mentioned on the podcast many times. So Puddles recently passed away and I miss her very much, but I'm glad she's not suffering. And so I just wanted to pay a little tribute. Absolutely. Cheers to Puddles. R.I.P. forever. She was a very special cat. Beautiful, beautiful. She looked like a plain tabby, but she had a little monkey brain and a tiger soul. She had a tiger soul. She had a, had a tiger. Yep. I'm glad she wasn't alive to see Tiger King. I want to give a shout out to the Washington Nightlife and Music Association. Woo! Uh, please go to wanma.info and um, follow the instructions there uh, for people living in this region, living in Washington State. Um, we need to let our representatives know that our venues are our identity and uh, need a place for our friends to play music. I think, um, I don't know. We need to put uh, put forth a massive effort to save those places. So today I wanted to segue from episode 12 into episode 13. Speaking of passing away, um, <clears throat> Genesis Peorage, uh, our Lord and Savior. Praise be thy name. Praise be. <laughs> so last episode was episode 12, the hypnosis episode. And I did mention in that episode that Peter Christofferson, AKA Sleazy, the photographer for Hypnosis, was also a founding member of both Throbbing Gristle and Psychic TV. Um, and that would explain the Genesis Peorage connection to the band UFO, um, which we'll go over more in a little bit. But yeah, that's the segue is that they're both kind of interwoven, both of those worlds. So it's kind of cool and kind of a weird coincidence because I had this uh, sort of impulse to do this show right after Genesis passed. And I've been following their cancer treatment online um, and kind of knew it was coming. They didn't look great. Mm -hmm. The posts were uh, coming up further, um, you know, further apart from each other. So yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe subconsciously I knew, but there, there was a post like um, they put and it said, uh, you know, just, a picture that looked just, you know, kind of like, you know, come to terms with this is, you know, this is what's happening. And they said, um, time to, you know, I'm ready to meet my maker.
Tell us about your new cat for anyone who's interested. And those who are not may fast forward. Well, his name was Jimmy, but we changed it to Rocco. I, I like Rocco. I like Rocco. And he's a Persian orange cat. He's and he's very cool. And it just is like it's so nice to have him around. My cat passed away in June and I was I love this little guy. He's just Our one year old. Julius and I love I can't wait to meet Rocco in person. He's so cute. Oh, he's talent. Actually, he's, I want to show, I want to be a show cat person. No, I'm just stage mom. I I could, I could, if I want, I could, if he wanted to take that path. (laughs) He's not beautiful though. He's a, he's a beaut. He really strikes a pose too. Oh, green eyes and orange hair. And I mean. Okay, so a lot of you listening may already know a ton. Um, Genesis has written many, many books and, um, you know, has given lots of interviews. So we're all lucky enough that we've been exposed at least a little bit. But there are some people, maybe you're more a rock and roll person out there and you've heard the name, but you're not really sure who it is. Well, this is for you. So it's a basic introduction and then we'll get more into some in-depth stuff. So um, Genesis was born February 22nd, 1950, um, and they passed on March 14th, 2020, um, and they were an English singer-songwriter is what it says here, musician, poet, performance artist, and occultist. So founder of the COUM Transmissions Artistic Collective, there was also another collective called Worm that they started in college, um, and then the seminal um, industrial band Throbbing Gristle founded the Temple of Psychic Youth, or uh, Topi, and it was an occult group. Then they pretty much uh, invented industrial music, right? I mean, the, one of the forefathers, something, yeah. Four, forebearers? Forebearers. Um, with, uh, of course, with uh, Edley O'Dowd, Psychic TV, who, and they were both graphic designers, um, and I'll get more back into that in a minute. But Genesis created the psychic cross that everyone's seen. It's really just such a great symbol. Um, and if you, I'll post photos of all the stuff I'm talking about, but um, there's so many different iterations of it. Um, people have stitched it onto their clothes and done, made all kinds of art with that symbol. It's pretty cool. Um, I want to I make one right now. I know. Uh, let's see. So COUM believed uh, as part of that, um, you know, sort of Dada-esque uh, absurdist group, they sort of believed um, that there are no boundaries. They don't think that art should have any boundaries. So they pushed it to the limit. And uh, it says here that they had rotating members, including both intellectual and criminal elements. So Kosi Tuti, I believe that's how you say her name. Uh, Oh, yes. Yeah, she was in uh, Throbbing Gristle and was part of this art collective first. And they um, had a, a really renowned show at London's Institute of Contemporary Arts called Prostitution. And it was so controversial. They were described as um, wreckers of Western civilization. 
which is badass. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they also, this comes up in the Nardwar interview, which I want to get into in a minute. And please, everybody out there, if you have not heard this Nardwar interview, please do yourself a favor. I mean, one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Um, so as COUM Transmissions, they actually created a real minefield. They put up a fence with barbed wire and put homemade bombs all over a field. Fun. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun stuff. And then you they know what? That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing secret ones at parks. Darkness. <laughs> so let me get into the Nardwire interview because, holy Jesus, it is hilarious. So um, obviously Genesis had no idea who Nardwar was. Nardwar is Canadian, uh, one of the best and most thorough interviewers. I guess not even thorough, but just finds really obscure, uh, like, how do you think he finds it? Like he goes and finds people's yearbooks or something? I think he has a true passion for um, researching art and artists. And like, and a good interview to him is like, being so knowledgeable about what he's, you know, the person he's interviewing and the material that it just, that's what makes it. But I love seeing when people get all freaked out by Nardwar. Well, this did not happen to Genesis. Just a spoiler. Um, this was the one interview I've seen where it wasn't like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> no, Genesis was like, darling, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. But also, they kept calling Nardwar Ardvark. And uh, let's see. Um, it's Oh, the best thing about that interview is it's part of the Nardwar radio show. And the beginning, uh, I thought my Spotify had started playing. And I was like, I'm just trying to play Nardwar. But he actually played this song by Lloris, which is um, a Canadian um, LGBT uh, artist from, I think, 60s and 70s. And um, so awesome. He started with a song called Rock Hard. <laughs> okay. So the, the interview with Nardwar is awesome. I won't talk about this too much, but there's some highlights. Um, so it's with Edley O'Dowd from Psychic TV and Genesis. And Genesis says, who, what is this guy's name? Aardvark? <laughs> and he goes, no, it's Nardwar, the human serviette. <laughs> Whatever, Aardvark. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, uh, and then immediately they start talking about Brian Jones' death and the conspiracy, and that um, got in their hands on a demo tape of uh, because supposedly Brian Jones, John Lennon, and Jimi Hendrix were about to form a supergroup, and they had made demo tapes, and Genesis had gotten those recordings somehow. Oh, is that the Vampire Club? Oh, I don't know. Is that what it was called? Um, let's see. That was Brian Jones and Jimi Hendrix, and they all died within a year of each other. So there was conspiracy about that and why they burned all of Brian Jones's belongings and all that. Um, and Nardwar was not interested at all in conspiracy. Um, then, oh, then Nardwar gave Edley a Kenneth Anger LP, which blew his mind. His presence, uh, the gifts that he brings are really cool. Um, and they talk about Derek Jarman and then, oh, and then Genesis says, because they tied that Kenneth Anger LP back to a time in Russia where they almost performed together. And Genesis said, this is time travel. 
like that they were all time traveling at that moment, which to me, it gave me kind of chills because you always hear people say Genesis was so ahead of their time, ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's interesting to think like during that time, Genesis was hanging out with all of these people that we have been researching, you know, and, and just everybody knows Velvet Underground, Andy Warhol, William Burroughs, yeah. um, UFO, Peter Gabriel, yep. Paul McCartney, Lemmy, Hawkwind, yeah. um, you know, there's just like Pink Floyd, yeah. everybody, every, you know. Hypnosis not- did all those covers, so they knew everyone, yeah. It just, it's, and yeah, Sid Barrett, like these are all the people, Genesis was there right alongside. It should be somebody we know just as well as all those other artists as well. Yeah. So um, it is part of that whole scene and they, um, uh, just a couple more things from that. They talk about, uh, oh, so I posted on Instagram, the UFO cover, um, and it's from 1975. It's the Fawcett cover. And so Genesis made the, you know, to some people it's obvious. I didn't realize till they said it, that it was about the word Fawcett. It was a pun. <laughs> that album was produced by the 10 years after bass player, Leo Lyons. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, Genesis said it was a horrible photo shoot. It was freezing. They shot in a quote unquote derelict house with no heating and it was a day-long photo shoot and they wanted them to look as um, gender ambiguous as possible so it was genesis and cosi on the cover but they weren't supposed to quite be able to tell if it was a man or a woman and um they yeah so anyways they explained that that was the connection was um peter christopherson from um from hypnosis um i guess started out as an assistant for the group and then which i guess i'm amending my i'm correcting my last episode (laughs) Um, that's a good that's an interesting album too because that's one that michael shanker who's a german rock guitarist that like he's one of the golds definitely and he's on he's on that album and it's amazing i love that album I want to listen to it right now. Yes. I like all the UFO covers too are very. Oh, they're so good. Me. Um, so then they talk about Anton LaVey's Satanic Mass, um, about how Genesis knew Anton LaVey. And um, Nardwar enthusiastically asks, you know, why didn't you ask him to play with you? Did, did you all play together? And Genesis was like, hell no. <laughs> He was not a great keyboard player, but he was very enthusiastic. Bombastic is the word. Uh, I kind of want to get a psychic cross tattoo. Well, let's do it. Let's do one right now. You know what? I have India ink and I'm going to get some, I'll just heat up some needles. Okay. Some sewing needles and we'll do one. Here we go. Do, do you want to do one? You want to make a motion? I'll watch. <laughs> so, um, uh, Genesis designed that logo in 1981 and it's supposed to be a play on the cross, uh, but like an inverted, uh, like both right side up and upside down cross. And then also kind of resemble a, um, transmitter or receiver, which is so genius about it because it does oh. 
look like that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I love that idea of the mind or the spirit being a transmitter or a receiver of something else, um, possibly aliens. It's a nice symbol to see as well. I mean, like, I like that. I identify with that symbol. It's very um, aesthetic. It's it's very symmetrical and pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, I like it way more than the cross. <laughs> uh, or the upside down cross even. Either one. Yeah. There's something imbalanced and wrong about both of those. That I really, I love the second cross. Um, there's also another theory or not a theory. There's an explanation that um, Genesis gives about the interest in the, the symbol in creating a symbol in the first place. And it partially comes from William S. Burroughs being interested in hieroglyphics. And I, mm-hmm. William S. Burroughs was very um, inf- influential to a lot of people at that time, um, 60s and early 70s. Um, and so that was about as weird as you could get. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. We all remember Naked Lunch, right? You know. Watching that for the first time. And imagine growing up in that world, that sort of like very apple pie America, you know, oh, it's repressed. I mean, where there's a culture like that, there's a counterculture exactly. just strong, you know. Like simultaneously so repressed, but also so racist and hateful. <laughs> it's like, what? What was that? Yeah, it was. What's going on? I know. The American dream. Who knows why that was like something that drove so many people. It was, you know, so bizarre. Uh, so bizarre. No, and that did create the dark side. Like you said, there's always the other side. And oh, yeah. so uh, they pointed out that the hieroglyphic languages work on the nervous system rather than the intellect because they're pictograms, which are received in our brains very differently to than a linear alphabetic language. And the subtleties and the nuances of the holog- of the holographic information that you receive from a hieroglyph is more far-reaching and less specific than an alphabetized language. So whether alphabets go from right or left or left to right or up and down, they're basically teaching the brain to create habitual pathways that are supposedly logical, but actually they erase imagination from language. And Genesis also says that they erase the individual subtle interpretations of meaning, and therefore meaning becomes very dogmatic. Beautiful. And then I have some notes on Edley O'Dowd because he, you know, Genesis did a lot of design work and they also rebranded that store, Acme. Um, It was a competitive store to Malcolm McLaren's store that became like a hotspot in London. It's a lot of London history stuff. But anyway, they did some rebranding for that and they, in in the process, um, accidentally started the group Generation X and Billy Idol's career. <laughs> William Idol. William, William something. I can't remember what. Bill Broad was his name. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Edley O'Dowd because he was um, a graphic designer by trade as well as a musician. So he created a lot of psychic TVs, graphics, T-shirts, um, posters, record covers, of course. Um and Genesis just has this glowing uh, sort of description of Edley's work in the book, um, which this is actually Edley O'Dowd's book. It's called Discipline, the Art of Psychic TV. 
from 2003 to 2016. And mm -hmm. it, uh, Genesis says, uh, my songs, my poems are like samples of my blood, my genetic code. They are not shared lightly, obviously with Lady Jane, but also with Edley. Both have been trusted with the heart within my heart. We believe every detail possible should be interconnected, relating to as many levels of meaning and interpretation as possible. Um, and then says his spirit creature is the owl as he became more meticulous with detail, but also more confident with developing his own ongoing language of references, tiny glyphs be began appearing. Hmm. Similar, and I made a note here that that's kind of like with Barney Bubbles when he designed the board game, that weird psychedelic board game for that magazine, how it was full of his glyphs that he had kind of yes. created. So I love that that's something that is- I mean, symbolism, fun. yeah, definitely. Putting thought into art is always nice. Creating like you know, a- Anything philosophical that you can connect with. Yeah, and creating- I mean, but sometimes you don't need that too. You know, it's just what you're into. Mm -hmm. um, and then Genesis says that um, nothing is ever randomly present. No matter how inconsequential it might seem on its own, every punctuation, every typeface, every decision as to proportion within a layout is scrupulously analyzed and checked for relevance. Every line, every space, every color wash, every block of color, every visual component chosen from the public domain has to pass his incredibly rigorous standards in order to remain in a completed design. Such high praise from Genesis for Edley O'Dowd. Wow. Amazing. Um, I Wasn't Edley O'Dowd also in the Toilet Boys? Yes, the Toilet Boys. Yep. And when <laughs> they brought that up during the Nardwar interview, Nardwar really lit up and was like, I love the Toilet Boys. I love the Toilet Boys. I love saying that name, the Toilet Boys. <laughs> And they do talk about that. So please listen to that. I'm not going to say the whole transcript of the Nardwar interview, but oh my God, it is delightful. Um, but yeah, they do talk about that. Um, I don't know a ton about Toilet Boys, but. I know they opened for Debbie Harry. Oh, okay. Yes. And, you know, big in New York. I mean, during that time it was, you know. They were, you know, opening and playing with a lot of, you know, Didi Ramone and Nashville Pussy, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools. Spin Doctors. Uh, so anyway, um, I would recommend that book to all the designers out there. It's called Discipline, which. I like the word discipline. It's how it means so many different things. Um, and it's called the art of psychic TV from 2003 to 2016. Um, and discipline does mean a lot. That's a good yeah, point. It's a great word, right? It's think about word. that. Think about that for a while. Think about it. <laughs> uh, so, and then if you look up Genesis has a whole bunch of books too. I want the psychic Bible too. i um, it's really, it's like 600 pages. <laughs> oh, definitely. A mess. Well, somebody's birthday is coming up around the corner. Wow. Did you ask Santa what you want for your birthday? Hey, it's your birthday in just a few. I bet this will drop on your birthday. So happy. I know. Aries time, Aries season. Season of the Ram. I um, also know that um, 
what did Lady J also? That was Genesis' partner. Yes. Died. Be- died yes. ten yes. years before. Died yeah. ten years before. Died in two thousand seven, which is really sad. Yeah, that was. I mean, that is very interesting too. I love it when you know you're an artist and it speaks in every element of your life and what you do and the way you live and mm-hmm. you know. It was really important to both of them. I think that's pretty cool to find a partner like that. Amazing. Like <laughs> one in a billion. Yeah. They bo- they got plastic surgery to look like each other. Yeah. That was their art project. So they, you know, Genesis got boobs and, hmm. you know, just they both got plastic surgery to make it look like they were one. Yeah. Pandragene was becoming one. Two becoming one. Um, and I don't know the mythology behind that or the origin of of the, I don't know, the importance oh, of Pandogen, it. I mean, like, when you look up Pandrogene, Genesis is mm-hmm. the first thing that comes up on, you know, Google. Did That's they interesting. the word? <laughs> Pardon? Maybe they invented it. I think it. I think they probably did. I mean, it's not something that you hear about, at least... Um, even in any sort of forum, you know, gender forums, you know, where one person wants to be, or two people want to become one, you know, as far as fluidity, but it really, it, it's like a, such a good art project to, you know, have somebody, you know, what if that was something where, you know, it just really focused on the pronouns of being, hey, you know, not one of us are more male or female than the next, you know, we're just these humans and pretty cool to do that. Have people that, you know, we can talk about it now. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot, I think it appeals to a lot of people. They met Lady J. Uh, whose name was Jacqueline Breyer. And so I love that Genesis took Lady J's last name too. That's great. Lady J was, I mean, she was also way tall, this beautiful, like model, mm-hmm. gorgeous. And he saw her like at a club in London. They met at a BDSM dungeon in New York City. Oh, in New York City. That's, what That's what I knew it was like. I knew it was like some sort of club situation. Dungeon sitch. Totally. Did you know that BDSM stands for six words, not four? It's an interesting mm-hmm. acronym. What is it? It is, uh, let me see if I can remember, um, bondage and discipline, I think. And then the D and the S is dominant, submissive. And then the S and the M is uh sadomasochism right i thank you for thank you for i did not know that (laughs) i had i was always i did think it was um bondage and discipline Mm -hmm. and then bondage discipline sadomasochism but the d and the s are the i did not know that that is very cool so lady j was 26 when they met worked as a nurse during the daytime um, and, and worked with children with Ill, terminal illnesses and disabilities. Um, but That's she angel was, saint from heaven. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a life, right? 
because she was a, a, so interesting. a so interesting. at night. Um, and Genesis was a visiting customer. And Genesis explained it like this. This girl walked by with beautiful Brian Jones blonde bob and all 60s clothes, walking backwards and forwards with a cigarette in her hand, talking to somebody. And as she carried on walking back and forth, she gradually started to throw off those clothes and change into a really amazing leather fetish outfit. My goodness, who is that? She's so beautiful. We found ourselves saying out loud, dear universe, if we can be with that person for the rest of our life, that's all we want. That's from the documentary, The Ballad of Lady, or Genesis and Lady J. So too, tell, like, us about, tell us about that documentary because I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really just about their relationship, their connection, and, um, you know, how they experimented with being their true selves from the beginning and, you know, accepting each other for who they were and where they wanted to go and, and really going out there with all their impulses because, you know, with music and Genesis said that, you know, Lady J was really the brains behind all of that stuff, you know, um, as far as, you know, making late in the later years, like making the band record and, you know, she just acted really, she never wanted the credit and she never wanted to be like, you know, she didn't feel like that was her role so at all. She was, she didn't want that role. was she an artist before they met too? She was more like a club girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, working, but big into the sex scene and, you know, um, just avant-garde lifestyle too. Mm-hmm. So when they met, it was, you know, absolutely a true connection with everything she was already doing with her own life that was art to her. Mm-hmm. And what he, you know, he brought into the picture was at the time was just, oh my gosh, you know, there's, there's so much more, there's music, there's, this I know these people already established you know mm-hmm. and so very very interesting and then you know later on I think they you know they both got plastic surgery to look like each other and it was mm-hmm. very interesting That's like okay. that transformation so you have them with the similar nose bandages <laughs> too like you can see in that documentary you can see like oh there's the 90s because it was these you know artists that were just kind of like all on the pulse of like you know expression you know self-expressing you know during club times and dressing up and being as you know out there as possible to you know express themselves and I think that it's just it's really cool seeing oh this is one of the people that made this possible well genesis uh is very humble and said in an interview uh well we basically just took we took it from detroit and chicago and spat it back out sold it to the white people (laughs) kind of like the beatles and stones did to rhythm and blues that's that's from the nardwire interview as well hey that is i mean that's some admitting some stuff right there. I like that. That's that's also being humble because they're definitely put their mark on the, on the genre for sure. As, as far as like the integration with electronic music and experimentation. Yeah. And the occult and the darkness. 
you can just do a big tree of, okay, you know, start with Genesis and then six degrees of that, you know, with different artists. And it would be really interesting. You know, there's so many people influenced by the style, don't you think? I think if we try to do a tree between, we were talking about the connection between Peter Gabriel and Genesis Peorage, we could yeah. have that direct connection. Well, I mean, during that time of Hawkwind too, Genesis was right there in 1971 and Peter Gabriel. And they were, you know, yeah. Peter Gabriel was not, you know, the sledgehammer of Peter Gabriel. This no. is like, a, you know, yeah. super avant-garde, uh, progressive rock and roller during the time. And, New, you know, almost like dark, like gothic with bat wings on stage. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was... <laughs> Wild. Wow. Listen to an early Genesis record. Your mind will be blown. And Hypnosis uh, designed a lot of those early ones. It's all connected. Yeah. Everything is connected. Or I just need to branch out of the subject matter on my show. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Everything's connected. You know what? We're doing a tree. We're doing a live tree. I'm not so in a there... chamber. I'm not in a bubble. It's never been done. I don't have a really narrow taste. Come on. <laughs> well, you can't help it if you're into the cool shit. Can't help it. Come on. Come, Come on. on. That was a good introduction and a good homage to our um, glorious Genesis. Um, have you seen Psychic TV? I got to see them twice. Not, no, I have not. Yeah, actually. I saw them at Chop Suey. Um, and I think I saw them twice at Chop Suey, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I wanted to just say that um, all of, not all of, but imagery for this episode is going to be up at the podcast. It's designfreakspodcast.com. You can get directed anywhere from there to, um, oh, I started a Facebook page yesterday because I guess people are just online more now. Um, yeah. It felt like Facebook was just going to disappear when I started the podcast a couple years ago, but now I'm like, oh, might as well. Uh, let's see if you want to support. There's a donation button on the website. Um, support Clarita, support her podcast. Well, so awesome. probably a lot more urgent things to donate to right now. Well, that's also one of them. If you get a chance, I mean, hey, like a few bucks also does not hurt, and enough people do it, and she'll be able to get some also new equipment. Huh? We'll get you a little studio going. Apparently, I need a new microphone. <laughs> well, we could start a little fun for that too. Yeah. Um, just one though, cause now I'm recording remotely. Okay. I think that's probably good. I think, um, just okay. take care everybody. Wash your goddamn hands and, um, stop putting, wash your hands, stop putting your fingers in your mouth or my mouth. Uh, don't put your, don't spit. Stop spitting everywhere. Yeah. Your fitting's done. It's gross. That's, that's yeah. I, every time I walk outside and come back, I want to burn my shoes in an incinerator. I do. I've, I do that. I have an incinerator now. So burn everything I'm wearing. Um, wear a mask uh, if you go outside. It's scary. it's scary out there. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. It was really fun talking about Genesis and it was awesome. Such a cool, I mean, how much do we want to give her them praise? You know, that's just such a important person in our history, in our artistic history. This episode has made you curious. Please watch that doc, um, the documentary, um, that made the ballad of Lady J or in Genesis and Lady J. Yeah. And then there's a ton of books and, and great interviews. Um, so anyway, with that, we'll say goodbye. Hi, you're not in this place.